Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Greetings to all the entire family, those who are in South Africa and those who are outside of South Africa. May the Lord bless you. And we thank God for this opportunity, for the gift of life, for the privilege to come together as a family, sitting together around the table of the Lord to receive his word and to receive his blessing. So I thank God. I'm so grateful to the Lord for this opportunity. and also. Uh, I, I just want to to carry on with what Pastor Andreas has been preaching for the past two weeks. Pastor Andreas was talking about uh, the values of the kingdom of God. And last Sunday, he spoke on the value of relationship. So my topic today, I want to speak about the mystery of divine relationship the mystery of divine relationship or destiny relationship when we speak about the mystery a mystery is a secret it's something that is hidden something that is not easy to understand something that is locked something that need to be uh, not that need a code to be unlocked we call it a mystery Briefly, mystery is a secret. There are secrets attached to relationships. Relationships are very mysterious. They carry advantages and opportunities that cannot be known at the beginning. But in the process of time, you will discover them. For example, when a man and woman come together, they are entering in the relationship of marriage. They will not be able to figure out at the beginning what can happen after 10 years or 20 years or 30 years of the marriage. They just begin a relationship, but the outcome, the things that will happen, they cannot imagine them. That's why I say that relationships are very mysterious. They are carrying secret things that we cannot discover so quickly. For example, me today, I'm in the ministry uh, I think in two or three weeks, we are going to celebrate 16 years of marriage, me and my wife. And our first daughter, she is 14 years old. The day I met my wife, I did not have in my mind that one day my first child will be playing the piano in our church, will be helping in the ministry. But today she's doing that. This is a mystery. I didn't know that at the beginning, but in the process of time, I see something coming out of our relationship. So that was that relationship carry advantages, opportunities, benefit, things that we cannot figure out at the beginning. So technically, there are three kinds of relationships. The first one, general relationships. You meet people wherever you go in the market, in the hospital, buses, train. You go to your fellow citizens, your neighbors. So this is a general relationship. 
of the people that we see wherever you when whether you like it or no you will meet people and the second one is seasonal relationship these are not permanent relationships but they are for a season for example with your classmates it is a seasonal relationship the time that you are together studying together in the same school you you have a relationship as classmates there will be people that you meet at the university it's for a season it's not forever your colleagues at your workplace, your, your relationship with them is when you are at work, the time that you're working together, you are for a season in relationship. But there is what we call divine relationship or destiny relationship. These are the product of divine connection for specific purpose that God is giving you for your destiny, for your life. And I will focus on that when I speak about the mystery of relationship, I'm focusing on divine relationship or destiny relationship. I want you to, to write down these statements that are put here, very important for me. Here on earth, everything advances, increases, and multiplies on the basis of relationship. I repeat what I said, here on earth, everything advances, increases, and multiplies on the basis of relationship. The easiest way to succeed in life is through relationship. No one can fulfill his destiny here on earth without divine relationship. It is impossible. Nothing can increase without relationship. Nothing can multiply. There must always be involvement of other people for the increase to happen, for the multiplication to happen. No one can become what God intended him to become alone. God will always bring people, will connect you with people. Through relationship, you can achieve your destiny. So your connection will determine your outcome in life. God knew that from the beginning that man could not succeed alone. That is why he said in the book of Genesis chapter two, verse 18, and the Lord said, it is not good for men that men should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. This scripture is not only for the marriage purpose. It is for destiny purpose. Not only for marriage. It is not good for a man, any man, to be alone. Whether you are a woman, whether you are a male or a female, it is not good to be alone. Because God knew that man cannot fulfill his destiny alone. He needs a helper. Someone must be close. There must be a relationship. No man can become what God intended him to become without the assistance of another man. Everybody on earth needs help. Poor people need help. Rich people also need help. Educated people need help. Uneducated people also need help. No one has it all. You may be rich, but you don't know how to cut the grass in your compound. You need someone to help you. You may be poor, you need someone to lift you up. You may be educated, but you don't know how to paint the walls in your house. You need someone else to do it for you. So everyone needs someone to help him to become what God wants him to become to advance in life, to, to be protective in life, relationship is the key. 
That is why God is established in his kingdom. Relationship is a system of divine supply, divine encouragement, and divine impartation. I repeat that God is established in his kingdom. Relationship is a system of divine supply, of divine encouragement and divine impartation. Your life can be supplied through relationship. You can receive encouragement. You can receive motivation. Other people can push you forward through relationship. You can also receive impartation of grace, of anointing, of knowledge, of wisdom, of power through relationship. So God has established relationship as a channel by which things can move from one person to another one. When we read the Bible, we see people like Joshua. We could not know Joshua without Moses. Joshua became Joshua because of his association with Moses. We could not talk about men like Elisha without Elijah. It was a relationship that made Elisha to become also a prophet in Israel. We could not talk about Timothy without Paul. We could not talk about Naomi, uh, Ruth without Naomi. You see that God will use always people to push other people, to help them to reach their destination in life. So all these people that we see, you see through connection, through divine connection, through relationship, they became what they, we know them in the Bible. And me and you, as we are sitting here tonight, we could not know Pastor Michael without Pastor Andreas. You see, always connection is there. You could not know Pastor Frank, and me also I could not know you without my association, my relationship with Pastor Andreas. It is through relationship that we know one another. Through relationship that God can supply knowledge, wisdom, can supply different kind of provision through the mystery of relationship. Hallelujah. So when we look at in the kingdom of God, I have understood that in the kingdom of God, relationships are currencies more superior than money. Relationships are currencies. Relationship can purchase anything that money can purchase. Relationship can buy it. Anything that money can buy, relationship also can buy it. Even certain things that money cannot buy, relationship can buy them. You can't buy the anointing with money, but through relationship you can grab the anointing. You cannot buy wisdom through money, but through relationship, you can grab wisdom from your relationship. They also say that those, the one who walk with wise people will become wise. You see, you don't buy wisdom in the market, but by walking with wise people, you can receive the impartation of wisdom. Relationship can buy even what money cannot buy. Relationships are very powerful, very strong. They are more than money. I want to give you two testimonies of my personal experience with relationship here in the city of Cape Town. I, I, I don't talk about the past, but I want to, to just to focus on what happened to me here in Cape Town. I will give you two testimonies of the power and the mystery of relationship. One testimony, 
happened to me is a testimony of things that happened before I joined this family of Alpenomega. And the second one will be after I joined this family. So the first one, God brought me in this country, especially in the city of Cape Town, uh, in December 2003. It was not my intention to come in South Africa, but God told me to come for, for a specific mission also. He told me when I arrived that I'm sending you to help a pastor. You will, you will, you will help this church to resurrect. That church is dying. I'm sending you there. You will uplift that man and restore, help his ministry to be restored. I will use you for the restoration of that ministry. And when I met that pastor and I found out that he was very terrified, he was so down, many bad things happened to him. He was very discouraged. I was about to walk away from the ministry and he could not even preach. And he was not even preaching anymore. And then uh, he gave. He asked me to preach as a church. I preached for five months every Sunday. I was preaching for five months, and that church resurrected. The growth was very visible, and everybody was amazed to see what God did. And that church grew. We had more than two hundred people in the space of five months, and and it was very powerful. I spent in that church uh, uh, when I started. It was January two thousand four. And uh, 2005, that time I was already engaged with my wife. She was in my country, and I was preparing to get married. I, I, I gave one year that I would not work, do nothing. I focused working in that church to lift that church, to organize department. And when it was 2005, January, I told that pastor, okay, I gave you one year working here. I want now to prepare to get married. So I want my fiance to come, and then we'll make our plan for marriage. Say, okay, fine. I say, I need to start working. And I start working in January 2005. And four months after, my wife came, got opened the door. She had the family here. So she was living with her family. Me, I was living at my place. We were preparing now for the wedding, everything for us to be together. And it took us eight months to save, to do all our best. My focus was only to find a way for the wedding, for everything, the marriage at home affairs, everything. So I, I, I tried to organize that, but I was not able to put anything in our house. The only thing that I was able to buy was our bed. I bought a new bed with the blanket and the shed finished. I did not have a chair, no, no, no stove, no fridge, no, nothing, no chair. Nothing, just an empty house. But I was happy, and my wife was happy that we are getting married. The rest of God will make a way. So we just bought our new bed, and I left it there. I was not touching it just the day until we get married. So we got the day of our wedding. The people of that church, the time that we spent together, I was already one year and five months with them. And the pastor, because of relationship, because of love, connection, I was surprised the day of our marriage. We got married the 12th of November, 2005, here in Cape Town. We stood in the hall, the time of reception. I just see people getting in with new couches, the fridge, the television, microwave, Ions, everything that I needed for the house. They brought me as a gift. 
And people begin to tell me, we never seen something like this. All the parties that were, we never seen this kind of gifts, people giving gifts like this. So when we finished the party, they could not check our gift. They, must, they were supposed to call a big party to come and take. So me, when I went in my house, the house was empty, but from the party, the reception we had, the new couches, the fridge, the television, the, the, the washing machine, everything that we need, it was brand new. And that, it is a mystery. That's why I say relationship is so mysterious. It was because of relationship. And I realized, God spoke to me that time when I was praying, say, God, please give us money to buy the stuff for our house. It's empty. And that time, as I was praying, God told me, your biggest mistake is you think that money is the only currency that exists. But money is not the only currency that exists. Relationship is a currency. Favor is a currency. The anointing is a currency. Wisdom is a currency. In the kingdom of God, money may be the least of the currency. There are powerful currencies that we don't pay attention. And I learned it from that time that relationship can buy anything that money can buy when you are in a relationship. That is my first testimony, what I've experienced in this land through the mystery and the power of relationship. When God brought me in uh, Alpha and Omega, it's now uh, the month of January, it will be 11 years. That's, we are together with Pastor Andreas in relationship and with this family of Alpha and Omega. God sent me to Pastor Andreas and I'll go to that man. I, I cannot explain how this happened because of time, but briefly God sent me to him. And then when we connect, before that, God was telling me when I was very discouraged, he told me, don't give up with your ministry. I will make you a voice in your community. You will help other pastors. Don't give up. There is a mission. There is something that I put in you. And then I said, why? So it was too difficult for me that time. But God led me to a relationship and we began to work together with Pastor Andreas. It was 2011, January, that I met with Pastor Andreas. And then we took one year to work together to see how our relationship will grow. And uh, after a year, he came in my church. We, we, we do a, a ceremony of, 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 uh, of uh, consecration to put everything together in our ministry. It is so beautiful and so powerful. And 2012, Pastor Andreas uh, decided to organize a conference for ministers at Alpha and Omega. Then he told us, okay, we want to organize this conference. I will be teaching about sonship and, and the relationship between fathers and sons. Then we need to invite other pastors who still come and receive this teaching. So the, 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 the first idea was Pastor Andreas would teach with Pastor Ken. So now he told us, yes, I was so excited. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'll invite, I'll try to see certain pastors in my community, invite them to be in the conference. And then we met again after two weeks. Pastor has changed. He said, oh, no, I received the impression in my heart that I have to withdraw myself. I will not teach. You, my sons, you must teach. Then I said, oh, I already tell all my friends that you must come. My spiritual father will preach. 
So I need you to come. So they know that it's him who's going to teach. Now he's telling us he has to grow himself. We must teach. And he said, no, this is what the conviction of God told me. You, my sons, you must teach. He said, me and Pastor Michael, we must teach. Together with Pastor Ken. He will not teach. Then we say, okay, fine. And I said to myself, okay, what will happen when these people will come? They will say, you lie to us that you, you, uh, it's your father going to teach, but you now you are teaching. But I said, no, God knows, God knows. But it was God who led Pastor Andreas to do that. When we went to, I went to invite people. I did my best to invite a group of pastors and with certain of leaders of the church. And we had a conference of 100 people. I invited 50 people from my community who came. And that was something that God prepared to me through relationship. The moment they came and I preached, I was expecting them to be disappointed I preached. But it was something that blessed them. When Pastor Michael teach, Pastor Ken also brought his teaching, and it was so beautiful for all of them. So one of the pastors who is invited there is one of the elders in our community in Cape Town. He has a big church in Milanto. He looked at me, he had problem in his church, but he has a church, I think, 400 people. After that, he invited me, so Pastor Frank, I want you to teach what you taught there in my church. So I went to teach there. When people saw me teaching in his church, now many churches in the city, if this man agrees to call him, this, this man is very serious. If those begin to open to me, what God told me, I will make you a voice to your community. I didn't know how it will happen. I didn't know. But God used Pastor Andreas to give me a platform to invite those pastors. And then when I spoke, they had me speaking. And after that, from 2012 till today, almost more, more than eight years, my life and my ministry changed and the consideration changed. But when I was going to Pastor Andreas, I did not have in my mind that this is what can happen one day. I didn't know. It was a mystery. And when I see today, I understood that if I did not associate myself with him, this could not happen to me. It was impossible. But God did it through relationship. So these are the two testimonies that uh, I wanted to share with you to answer that relationships are very mysterious. They can build you up. They can also destroy you. But be very careful. That's why I'm talking about divine relationship. If you enter in a wrong relationship, it can destroy you. But if you enter to the divine, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, it will build you. And, and that is why God, even when he saved someone, when someone got born again, the first blessing that God will give you is to give you a spiritual family. He cannot leave you like that. When you are born again, he knows that you are still a baby. You need to grow. You need to become strong. You need to become mature. He will bless you first, and not with the anointing, not with the power, not with the knowledge. First, the voice gives you a family where you can belong. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 68, verse 6, God set the lonely in families. He lead forth the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in sun-scorched land. God set the lonely in families. He's the God who set people in families. There are different families, specific families. When you got born again, he will not let you live in isolation. He will not leave, let you live like that. He will direct you. He will place you somewhere. Because 
Because once you are truly born again, your association will definitely change. If you are truly born again, your association, whether you like it or not, will change. Your salvation will remain extremely questionable if you remain in the same company of the people that used to live together before in the world. It will be questionable if you are really born again. The light of God comes to live within you. Light and darkness cannot live together. You will feel in you. You will not even chase people around you, but you will see certain friends withdrawing themselves from you automatically because if you are truly born again, the association must change. If it is not changed, you're still the same. Something wrong is there. You are not truly born again. And God, God will always create a way. That's why the men like Jeremiah say that God, I did not sit in the company of the wicked people because of your power. Your power was burning in my heart. I was feeling like my flesh burning. I could not tolerate nonsense and sins around me. That's why I could not sit in the company of wicked people. Because if you are truly born again, the presence of God lives within you. Jesus himself is living in you. Darkness cannot be in connection with you. It does not mean that God will tell you hate people. No, you will not hate them. But you will not be in a fellowship anymore because light is in you. God saves you to make you a savior. You understand? You cannot save people that you are, you are, you are doing the same thing with them. God will take you out of the world for you to be equipped to go and save the same world. He saves you to make you a savior one day. At the moment you are born again, God will give you a new association. He will give you a new company. He will put you in a family. Is what God does. I don't encourage people to know I'm born again. I, I just pray at home. I read, I read my Bible alone and meditate. No, no, no. You don't grow like that. You cannot grow alone. You grow through relationship. You need people around you. You need people to help you. You need people to answer your question. People who can pray for you. People can correct you and rebuke you. You need people. And God does that. He gives you people. So let, let me give you quickly certain keys for fruitful and strong relationship. Because we are talking about the relationship here. But we need to, to understand, every time when God gives me something in my heart, I, I always pray, I ask the Lord, give me keys, give me keys, give me principles. That's why in all my teaching, I'll always give points, I'll give you keys, I'll give, it's the way that I want to meditate the word of God. God, give me keys. The kingdom of God is based on principles. God must open your mind, your spirit to catch certain principles that will help you to practice what you are teaching or what you are reading. And uh, before I give you the keys, I want you to write this statement down. Relationships do not maintain themselves. The parties involved must commit to maintain them. Don't forget that. Relationships do not maintain themselves. But the parties involved must commit to maintain them. Very important. Your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your brothers, with your sisters, with your friends, with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, with your employees, with your business associates, will not be maintained without commitment. 
the parties involved need to commit to maintain it. God will only bring people to you. Don't forget that God will bring people, but it is your responsibility to build relationship with them. You understand? God does not give you a relationship. God gives you people. He gives you connection, association. God connects you, but you build relationship. God can give you many people in your life, but you can fail to build relationship with them. God does not build relationship for you. You do it yourself. He brings people to you, but you build relationship with them. He brings a, a, a woman to a man, but they will build a relationship with marriage. God does not build that relationship. God just gives you. This is the, 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 the flesh of your flesh, the bone of your bones. The rest is you. You need to build that relationship. God will give you a pastor. God will give you a mentor. God will give you a friend. God will give you people. He will attract people to you, but it is your responsibility to build relationship with them. You are a builder. God is the connector that you are building it. Very important. Even your relationship with the Holy Spirit requires your commitment. The Holy Spirit is committed to you. You must also show commitment to spiritual things in order to strengthen that relationship. You understand? So let me give you the keys. I will give you five keys quickly. How to strengthen relationship, how to maintain them, how to make them strong, how to help relationship to grow. Number one, the first key. So those keys are not, are not like the fundamental key that is only this key. No. It's not God can teach you many other keys. God can open. You may find, you may maybe receive other teachings, other places. There can be other information, but I'm sharing what God has put in my heart. So, but these are not the definite one. I'm just giving you certain keys that God has laid in my heart. Number one, the willingness to be selfless. The first key to build a strong relationship, the willingness to be selfless. You must be willing to be selfless. It is impossible to build a strong relationship if you are selfish. Impossible. You think only about your own interest. It is impossible. When you your motivation to enter a relationship or to associate with people is based on what you can get from them rather than what you can give, that relationship will not grow stronger. The motivation must not be to receive. What can I get from this association? What can I get from this relationship? It will not grow stronger. You must have the willingness to be selfless. Love is the most powerful ingredient in relationship. Love. Most powerful ingredient in relationship. And, and, and the most accurate measure of love is the presence of selflessness. This is the most accurate measure of love. To measure really love is the presence of selflessness. When there is no selflessness, that love is questionable. If you want to build a strong relationship, you need to focus on other party. You need to see the well-being, the interest of other party. 
not only about you. This is the first key to help you. The second key is the ability to avoid offense. You cannot grow stronger in relationship if you are not able to handle offense. Offense is relationship killer. Whether you like it or no, offense will come. Whether you pray every day, every morning, you fast three times a week, you go on the mountain, you come down, offense will still come. It will still come. As long as we live here on earth, we have blood and flesh, offense will still come. The ability to end the offense is a sign of maturity and loyalty. When people cannot end the offense, they are immature. Loyal people can angel offense. You must be able to practice forgiveness and forbearance. Those two things. I remember a few years ago, there was a lady that always had trouble with the husband. They always fight. Every time, no, I'm going, I'm leaving. And they will come to me. I will sit with them, we'll talk, and I will try to counsel them. And there's a peace, they, they can have peace for three months. After that fight, come back again. That relationship was in a mess, trouble. And, and uh, the, the guy was a humble guy. Even though he was humble, but many times he was just losing it. But he's humble. When he does something wrong, he will come. No, Pastor, I don't know what happened to me. I'm asking my wife in your presence. He always kneel down. I even kneel down. Please forgive me. I don't, I don't know what happened to me. I promise this is the last time. And, and every time we'll arrange. And one day they came to my place, they had a problem. And now he repeated the same thing. And his wife told me, Pastor, you see, this guy, I always forgive him. I always forgive him. But after that, he will still do the same thing. I don't know what to do. And then I was sitting there. I didn't know what to say. And I said, Holy Spirit, help me here because. This thing is the same, the same, the same meeting is coming back. The same thing is coming back. And God told me, tell this lady, she must learn to practice forgiveness and forbearance. Not only forgiveness, but forgiveness and forbearance to bear with this guy. There's a difference between forgiveness and forbearance. Forgiveness. It, it's just be because of the mistake, because of the sin, you forgive. But forbearance is like tolerance. You go above that. You know, I, I know the nature of this. I know his weakness. I know his limitation. And I make up my mind that I will bear with him. I will carry him. I will keep praying for him until God will give him the grace. And if you want to build a strong relationship, you must be able to practice not only for forgiveness, but even forbearance that I can bear with people. I, I can be, I can, I can practice long suffering. I don't, I, I'll not be in a hurry to see the change, but I can give it time. Then you can maintain relationship and you can, you can strengthen relationship. Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, love is not proud. Verse 5 says, love is not rude, love is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. Other version says, it, love is not easily provoked, it keeps no record of wrong. Love is not easily provoked. 
So if we want to develop strong relationship, we need to, to, to develop the ability to avoid offense or to handle offense. Number three, be a contributor to the growth of the other party. How can I build a strong relationship? Be a contributor to the growth of the other party. If you are not a contributor, you cannot build a strong relationship. Acts chapter 20, verse 25. Acts 20, 35. I'm reading from New King James Version. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you may support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. There are many ways to contribute in people's life, in relationship. A contribution must not only be financial. If you are not able to contribute financially, you can contribute with encouragement. You can contribute with wisdom. You can contribute with service. You can contribute with your presence. You can contribute with prayers. In fact, prayers are the great contribution, the greatest contribution into people's lives. Prayers. Prayers are expression of love. I've come to discover that it is difficult to criticize people that you really pray for. It is very difficult to criticize people that you really pray for. So the cure for critical spirits is a genuine heart that prays. If you don't want to have a critical spirit, you must just have a heart of intercession. The people that you pray the most for them, it's difficult for you to criticize them. If you are in a relationship, you pray for your friend, you pray for your brother, sister, you pray for your husband, you pray for the people that you genuinely pray for them. You will not criticize them. You will give. You will be. You will be patient with them. So if you position yourself only to be a receiver, sooner or later you will remain alone. No one will like to maintain a long-standing relationship with someone who is only a receiver, who is not a contributor. This cannot happen. So in every relationship, we need to contribute. As I said, that we are in the family. Like I'm sitting here now. I'm, I'm sharing the word of God with you. I'm in relation with Pastor Andreas. He brought counsel, wisdom, prayers in my life. But I can't just be sitting there. I receive counsel. I receive prayers. I receive everything. Me too, I have to do something for the advancement of his life and his ministry. So what I, I, I'm able to do, I can do it. I, put, I make myself available. If it's a friend, I will not be around that day. Come and preach. I have to be there. This to be a contributor. You can't just say, okay, I love my brothers, I love my sisters, but there's nothing that you do for them. You need to find a way. And as we are sitting as a family, a good way to contribute is to pray. To pray, naming your brothers and your sisters. Pray for them. Because through relationship, mysterious things can happen. Some people can pray for you. You don't even know them physically, but they are praying for you. And it's so beautiful. I, I, I remember uh, Philip gave us a, a prayer request, I think, last week or the, the week before, to pray for a lady, Robin. And, and, and uh, I don't know that person. I, I don't know how she looks. But, but 
in my intercession, I, I just read the, the request for prayer and I start praying for that, that lady. And I felt the anointing coming on me to, to enter in warfare for her. But I don't know her. She, I don't know her. But because of, of a relationship with someone in the family, and God is moving, you see, someone just sitting somewhere, but other people are praying for him, that, that we break every power that holds that person, that, that you enter in warfare, the person that you don't know. You understand what relationship can produce? It's so powerful, powerful. The, 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 the precious thing to contribute is prayer, is prayer. And uh, number four, Number four, how to maintain a strong relationship, you must be trustworthy and reliable. Trustworthy. You must develop a godly character that can cause people to trust you and to rely on you. If you are not trustworthy, that relationship cannot last. Trust is the foundation of any relationship. The moment trust is gone, the relationship will collapse. Trust is the foundation. And if you want to develop strong relationship with people, you must also do your best to be trustworthy by developing a great character, a godly character. The way you live, people can rely on you, people can trust you, and that relationship will be strong everywhere your friends your your colleagues your your family members your spouse your 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 your, your business associate everywhere your employees people when they see trust and they see that you are reliable that relationship cannot be broken so easily it's strong and the last one number five you must do your best to shift your relationship from the emotional and reasoning level to the level of covenant. You shift your relationship from the level of emotional and reasoning to the level of covenant. Because most of relationships are in trouble because they operate from the level of emotion. I feel good, we are fine, I was angry, I will not call you. You made me cross and then we break it and then tomorrow again. So the up and down many things because it operates in the level of emotion. How I feel or reasoning, you reason, you think. You see, technically, when I see this, I put this together, I calculate, and when I see, when your relationship remain in the level of emotion and reasoning, it cannot go far and cannot become very strong. Mostly in the church, mostly in the ministry, I'm a pastor. I think Pastor Michael also can understand what I'm saying. When people are around us and they sit there, they, they come with emotion, they come with reasoning. They cannot have a strong relationship because anytime you will try to correct or to tell something, then the emotion will come. And I feel like you know, I feel like my time is over. I feel like this level is not my place anymore. Because they operate in the level of emotion. You will destroy your marriage if you live in emotion. You, you will walk away from your family if you, you live in the level of emotion and reasoning on the way they treat me, the way they, you are reasoning everything. But if you shift your relationship in the level of covenant, covenant is strong, covenant is unbreakable. Your life becomes my life, your pain is my pain, your, your success is my success, your failure is my failure, like Ruth and Naomi. Naomi told Ruth, go to your family, 
Let me go. No, I will not let you go. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people will be my people. Where you stay, I will stay. This is a covenant. I commit myself to you. So I don't care if it happened that tomorrow you, you make me cross. I don't care. If it happened that tomorrow you did something good, I don't care. But we are in covenant. I made up my mind. We will stand together. We will do everything together, whether it's good or no. This is the place that God wants me, and I fight for this relationship. Only the, the, the only way to to overcome and conquer your emotional vacillation is to rise to the level of covenant. You can see people who are still maybe dating, uh, people who are still uh, in friendship. They can even break up 10 times. They break tomorrow, they say forgiveness, they reconcile, it's going like that. You see emotional vacillation. But marriage is a covenant. When people enter in marriage, they, they don't break up easily because that is a covenant. It's not, it's not dating anymore, it's not, no, it's, it's a covenant. There you can say, no, whether it happened, it's still my husband, I don't know what I can do, it's my wife. We are committed together. We will fight for this. We will make it right. And when God gives you destiny, people, know that challenge will come. Know that uh, uh, situation will come. But if you lift it in the level of covenant, that this is my covenant relationship. Elisha was serving Elijah for more than 21 days. Yes, a man was short-tempered, but Elisha did not leave him. He told him, go back to Nona, I can't go. Wherever you go, I'll be with you until he receives the blessing. So relationships are so powerful. They are so precious that we need just to learn how to develop them and to maintain them. One thing that I would like you don't, to, don't forget, never forget that relationships are maintained by the commitment of the people involved in them. So may the Lord gives us the grace to be selfless. May the Lord gives us the grace to be able to handle offense. May the Lord gives us the wisdom to be contributors, not only receivers. May the Holy Spirit help us to be trustworthy and reliable. May the Lord gives us the wisdom to shift from the emotional relationship to covenant relationship. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.